Amen. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Psalm chapter 23. Before we begin, I just want to say a big thank you uh, to David Clifton and for the message that he brought last week. Uh, what a wonderful man of God who loves the Lord, and uh, his heart was on display in full effect last week, and I hope that you enjoyed that. And uh, I just wanted to draw from that, because if you look at David and you look at me, we are two completely different people. I mean, just, but the unity of what Christ has done brings us together. And I think that it's an amazing thing to see David come up here and preach boldly the Word of God. And so I hope that you enjoyed that last week. Um, this morning, we're going to continue our series on goodness graciousness. Now, how many of you ate too much and said goodness gracious? How many of you like are, are, have a little bit of a turkey hangover this morning? How many of you are going, Jeff, you better preach lights out or I'm falling asleep? Good. I know what I'm getting into this morning. Uh, this morning, I, th I want you to think, what comforts you the most? What is it that brings you the most comfort? When you see it, when you're there, when you're in that place, what is it that brings you genuinely the most comfort? Now, I, I was uh, researching this. Just I always try to find out what the world's perspective is. And so here's the world's perspective from a blog called Cupcakes and Cashmere, which can we just, can we be real for a minute? Cupcakes and sweatpants go together, right? Not cashmere. But anyway, this was the perspective, and I'm sure it's a good blog and all these different things, uh, but I wanted to use this to kind of help you understand that some people are looking for comfort, and they're trying to find comfort in some places that will never give it. Uh, the first one was this, stretch. Now, if I were to ask you to stretch, and listen, I like to stretch. I have low back problems. I have to stretch my hamstrings to kind of do this. That, anybody old like me? I mean, this is just part of life right now. Uh, stretch it out. But listen, stretching doesn't bring me comfort. It brings me pain. Can we just amen that? Uh, the next one is picture the positive. Picture something that's super positive and all of our problems will begin to go away. Go for a brisk walk in nature. Now, this sounds really good, except for in Georgia, we have snakes, right? So a brisk walk means you're not paying attention to what you're walking on. So you kind of put this into perspective. Speak positively about yourself. Now, I thought about doing this. Uh, my wife and I share a bathroom, and just as she comes in, just saying so many good things about Jeff Hubbard in the mirror when she walks in. But I think she would look at me and go, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. But anyway, it's, it's a good thought. This one was one of my favorites. It makes no sense, but it was one of my favorites. Employ your taste sense says, eat an orange, but try to do nothing else for five minutes. Take time peeling it, enjoying how it smells, and indulging in every single bite. It'll distract you from anxiety often enough to have a lasting impact even after all of it's eaten. The problem with this, I don't like oranges. Is anybody feeling me on that? I mean, just... I don't know. Now, the next one I'm on board with, pamper yourself with a mini spa day. Yes. Can I get an amen? All of my problems gone in half a day. Good. Cook a, a good meal or a courting meal. Color in a coloring book. Look at old photos from trips or happy memories. Now, the interesting thing is some of these things will bring comfort for a short term. The reality is all of the weight, all of the problems, all of the things that come back, come back flooding quickly. How many of you look for comfort in a place? 
How many of you, when you see your bed, you go, yes. I mean, just, it, it, it's almost like it's got open arms just welcoming you in, going, come here, big boy. Just, how many of you, it's your recliner? When you see your recliner, and when that thing starts to click back, you immediately go into comfort mode. For some, it's a certain blanket. For some, it's our home. But the question is this. What really brings us comfort? I want to share with you this morning because I'm glad that in a world where a lot of people are uncomfortable in a lot of things, Scripture gives clarity on what brings the most comfort to us. The things that comfort us the most. And he starts with this. He says, the comfort of the Lord is brought by the Lord is my shepherd. In Psalm chapter 23, verse 1, in the first part, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now catch that because this is a key component to where we're going to go this morning. He is the one that watches over us. Now think about this. Because I think the reason that we can't find a lot of comfort is that we're trying to do this all in our own power. We're trying to be the Lord of our life. We're trying to be the shepherd. We're trying to be the one that controls everything, that manages things. But listen, the reality is that God is in control. Always fascinates me that as much as we try to put together a good game plan, and listen, I'm not telling you to live an unprepared life, but I'm telling you that sometimes your best laid plans fail because you didn't go to the one who puts it all together anyway. I think so many times in our world, we have become our own shepherd. And so we're looking to ourselves for guidance and we're looking to us to try to lead us and guide us. And listen, God is telling you, I can bring you comfort if you'll just follow me. Go, man, what a good shepherd. He is the one that watches over us. And listen, for some, this is the starting point. This is what salvation looks like. When you say, I no longer want to be the Lord of my own life, I want to submit to him. It's interesting that every time we make a decision, every time we go in a direction, did we pray about it? Did we seek his leadership, his guidance? So to understand the Lord as your shepherd, his job is very, very, very clear. To keep the sheep protected. Do you realize that sheep have no form of innate protection? They are pretty much a buffet to the outside world. They are taken and taken and taken and wolves and all these things can attack them. They have no way to protect themselves except for to meh. That's it. They are completely defenseless. I think about us. I think about how easily we are distracted, how easily we are taken away. And that the good shepherd offers his protection. Another role under the shepherd's purview is this, that he is to lead them. If you leave sheep in a field, they wander aimlessly, not knowing where to go, not knowing what direction, not even being able to find food for themselves. The shepherd's role is to put them in the position to be fed, to make sure that they have enough 
Sheep don't plant fields. Sheep don't look for grass. They find it, they eat it, and then it's gone. The reality is that shepherd's job is to protect in this, that they keep them from the places that they could be harmed. And the reality is that the shepherd helps them live. Now this morning, I want to ask you a, a, a very serious question. Are you looking to God as your shepherd? Do you look to him as the one that can protect, as the one that can care, or the one that can genuinely lead you? Because if not, it may be a reason why you're not comfortable in some of the situations that you're in. And I love that in the 23rd Psalm, God goes a little bit further, and this is the means of comfort. In Psalm 23 and verse 4, it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And he says this, For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, it's interesting that we don't typically look for comfort in a rod and a staff. But if you're a sheep, you do. And so let me put this picture up on the screen behind us because it gives kind of the, the distinct difference of what the two are. The rod is relatively short, heavy club-like device. It's held in the belt of the, of the shepherd. He holds this to ward off predators, to keep things at bay, to keep his sheep protected. The staff is a little bit longer and thinner with a hook or a crook at one end. Now, the interesting thing about that hook or that crook at the end is it's made to go around the sheep's head to pull it back from harm. The other part of this is this long staff that works. When the sheep come close, the shepherd will turn it and the sheep will come under it just to feel the shepherd's presence. And I think of what comfort for a sheep to know that the shepherd is close. Now think about the meaning of these. The rod represents power and authority. That somebody is there to protect. Somebody is there to care. Somebody is there to take care of you. The staff represents care and compassion. That somebody is there to guide you, to lead you, to hold you close. And it brings this passage of scripture into a beautiful perspective. In John 10 verse 10 and 11. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The reason that those weapons, those tools are used in this is to keep that at bay. And Jesus says in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I think, what greater comfort is there than this. But the reality and a couple of key thoughts that I want you to think of, people in our culture don't want to fall under the shepherd's leadership anymore. It's crazy that we have become a world full of rogue sheep that are just constantly going in our own direction saying, I know better than you. I know that your job is to protect me and guard me and care for me, but I can figure it out on my own. And every time we wander away from the shepherd, something attacks us. Something goes after us. Something just creeps in so quietly and it leads us down a path of destruction. 
for some reason, this rebellion has happened, especially with Christians. Going, look, God, I know who you are, but I'm going to go my own way. And God's going, I'm the good shepherd. I'm here to protect you. I'm here to care for you. I'm here to take care of you. And listen, for some of you that have wandered away from Christ, you are in a dangerous position. And he's telling you, come back to me. Let me care for you. Let me take care of you. The reality is this. People don't want to be disciplined to go in the right direction. You know, I don't know if this is just a southern pride rebellion thing. But even when my GPS tells me to go in a direction, I feel like I know a better way. Anybody with me? And listen, most of the time I'm right. But I'll, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> but it's crazy. Nobody wants discipline anymore. And the way that society is turning out, kids that have no discipline, kids that have no self-control, kids that have no structured environment, nothing that surrounds them with protection. It's crazy because we're losing a generation of kids, are losing a generation of people because they won't submit to God, they won't submit to anybody, and they think everybody is against them. I love that he calls himself the good shepherd. There's clarity in that. He's not the bad shepherd or the evil shepherd. He is the good shepherd. A loving shepherd does not let their sheep try to figure it out. He leads them. A loving shepherd leads them, guides them, and directs them. So now that we've seen kind of the resources God uses to comfort us, I want you to know who the good shepherd is and how Jesus comforts us. So let me key in on this for just a little bit. And listen, I know that David went short last week. I'm not, okay? I love you guys. I care about you guys. And he gave you a week off, but I'm making up for it. Can I get an amen? amen. Thank you. On this half, I don't know what's wrong with y'all. Love these people. You need to repent. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> How Jesus comforts us. If I bring my hurt to Jesus, he shows me compassion. Dude, look, Matthew 9, 36 says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now think about this. The misconception is this, if I confess my sins to Christ, he's going to judge me. Nowhere in scripture does it say he is going to judge you. He says he's going to love you and show compassion on you. He says, come to me. We'll deal with it together. Look, there is judgment for our actions but our judgment for our actions is at the great white throne judgment before Christ. The truth is this. When you confess your sins to him, he forgives you. It's crazy that we see this in the woman at the well. 
The woman at the well, a Samaritan woman, Jesus had no business even really talking to her. He comes to her and he says, hey, will you get me a cup of water? And she goes, why are you even talking to me? This conversation begins to unfold. And she feels like the Jewish man should be judging her. And he shows compassion and gives her forgiveness. It's interesting that when you see uh, Zacchaeus in a tree, you, this, this lifelong story that all of us know and understand, everybody else was mad because Jesus talked to the guy that everybody else judged. This guy has taken our taxes. He has taken advantages of us. He has taken our finances. And Jesus says, hey, I'm going to eat with you tonight. What's the judgment there? The misconception is this. If we confess our sins to him, we think he's going to judge us, but he's not. He forgives us. It's funny that this term has always stuck in my mind because sin separates us from God. It's not that God separates himself from us, but as soon as we allow sin, as soon as we allow these things in our lives, we run from him. We go rogue. If you know the story of the prodigal son, was he welcomed back or was he turned away? He was welcomed back. Killed the fatted calf. Celebrated. Jesus comforts us in the fact that if I bring my hurts to him, he shows me compassion. Second thing is this. If I choose to follow him, Jesus leads me in the right direction. Man, I love this question. Pastor, I'm praying about something and I don't know which way to go. I go, God will lead you. They go, no, 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 but like, tell me, which one should I do? <laughs> Buddy, I'm not God. <laughs> I go, what's the Lord leading you to do? Love what he says in John 10, 4. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. One of the things that may be uncomforting to you is that you don't necessarily recognize the voice of God because you think that the voice of the world knows more. There's this misconception that you can be comforted by Jesus and not follow him. Look, one of the things that is just this epidemic in church today is that we say, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to live for Christ. But then nothing changes in our hearts and in our lives. Look, the church today teaches that you can put your faith and trust in Christ and live however you want. This is the farthest thing from what Scripture says. Don't buy into that. Jesus wants our lives transformed to look like him. It's crazy that he gives us an example, something that we could strive for, this righteous life that we could live. But yet we look and go, ah, I'm good enough. Jesus goes, 
Why do you even need salvation then? Look, I've never talked to anybody in my 44 years on this earth that said, Jesus led me in the wrong direction. Never. Missionaries that go overseas, that sacrifice their whole life to live for Christ just so that people can come to know Christ, don't look back and go, well, that was a waste. People that live for Christ, one conversation that I've never had with somebody on their deathbed that said, man, I can't believe I lived my whole life for Christ. Never. Not once. But yet we want to flirt with everything that could entice us, everything that could draw us away. Third one is this. If I get confused and wander off, Jesus finds me and brings me back. I love these passages of scripture that I'm getting ready to share. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 12. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go and search for the one that went astray? Listen to me. If you are that one that strayed away from the Lord, he is seeking you this morning. He is drawing you back. The reason that he put this message on my heart in this series was that you would be able to hear you are not too far gone away from the Lord. Luke 19.10, Jesus clarifies his mission for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He said, this is what I came for. Those that are lost, that they would be brought back to me. Psalm 119, verse 67 and verse 68. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Listen to what he says in verse 68. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. Get this. Before I was disciplined, I used to stray. Now I know your goodness and I want to follow you. Listen. No matter what place you're in this morning, God is drawing you back to him. Fourth one is this. If I fail or fall, Jesus rescues and recovers me. Listen, this is such a key component in scripture. He says in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 11 and 12, he said to them, which one of you who has a sheep if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out. Listen to what Jesus says. Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? He says, you are my prized possession. You are the thing that I value the most. It's amazing that we view ourselves in this ugly perspective sometimes. We think so low of us that our life couldn't matter, we couldn't do anything. Listen, the reality is this. God has uniquely designed each and every one of you to fulfill his purpose. He will always rescue you and restore you. 
There's never a time where you're too far gone from him. So let me close with this, and I'm going to close with a video, and then I'll bring it all back together. Don't take God and his blessings for granted. Listen to me. The video that you're getting ready to see is humorous, but I want you to understand, everything that he holds value in disappears. And listen to what his response is. Now, I want you to think, what if life really worked that way? (laughs) How many of you would have come walking to church this morning with nothing in your possession? The good shepherd blesses you with everything that you have. He's the one that gives it to you. So many times we find comfort in our creature comforts. We find comfort in our things and our possessions. The reality is the the only comfort that we have is in Christ. If you're looking to anything other than Christ to comfort you, you are missing out. Listen, that short little video, I've debated a hundred times on whether or not to show it at the end because I didn't want you to miss the message. But I want you to think, why do you not know the Good Shepherd? Has his name changed? Has the blessings that he has flowed out to you changed? He has blessed you with all of that. He cares for you. Listen, stop trying to find comfort in anything other than Christ. If everybody would bow their heads and close their eyes just for a second. 
The worship team is going to come forward and sing a song of invitation. But I want you to think, because I've, I've thrown a lot of truth and understanding to you this morning. Maybe you've spent the last year, the past couple of months, looking for comfort in something other than Christ. And it's failed. And I would tell you and challenge you, it's time to look to Christ. I love the fact that he's given us the Holy Spirit and the the name and the description of the Holy Spirit is the comforter. That he's given you the Holy Spirit to comfort you in the midst of everything that you can go through. He tells us in the 23rd Psalm that he is the good shepherd. That he is your protector. He is the one that leads you, that guides you, and directs you. So the reason that the things that you're looking for comfort in are not comforting you is because they are not Christ. This morning I challenge you as your pastor, find comfort in him alone. Listen to his voice. Dear Father, I come to you humbled and thankful for this message. Lord, so many times in my own life, I try to self-comfort, try to find something that would bring me peace, something that would comfort me other than you. Father, it always falls short. Lord, help me and help us as a church to find our comfort in you. Lord, I know that our hearts and our desires are to live for you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to recognize your voice, to stay close to you in everything that goes on in our life. Father, that you would comfort us in all things. I love you and I praise you this morning. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray, amen. If everybody would stand as the worship team sings a song of invitation. Maybe you've come in here this morning with a lot of turmoil, with a lot of things going on in your life that... There's just not much peace in what you're doing. Maybe you needed to hear about the comforter that can comfort you in every circumstance of your life. Listen, this morning this altar is open to you. A place to start, a place to just lean on God and say, God, I need your comfort. I need you to help me through this. Whatever is taking place in your life, this is not a place of judgment. This is a place where you can spend time with the Lord.